What would Chet Kopic rather do? Interview Michael Jordan or introduce Hulk Hogan? Oh, come on. I mean, I love Michael and I made a lot of money with Michael doing Chevrolet spots and other clients and I was part of the Bulls broadcast team when they won their first NBA title. But when you're in a wrestling ring, as I was so many times, and you're introducing Hulk Hogan, and you brought the heel in, and you've gone to the dramatic pause, and you say, from Venice Beach, California, weighing 310 pounds, he is a real American. He is the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion of the world. He is Hulk Hogan. Man, let me tell you something, your blood just curdles. The goosebumps, man, they're as big as fried eggs, if you know what I mean. I would much rather, anytime, even though Hulk is closer to 60 than he is to 50. If you tell me right now I could interview Michael Jordan on, uh, on national television or go to a small town Hickorina in Akron, Ohio and introduce Hulk Hogan, it's no contest. I want the Hulkster. The fastest show in sports! This is your captain speaking. Welcome to Con Air. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, I tell you the truth in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. I don't like where this is going. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got bad news. I just got off the phone with a hospital about it, and I asked. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. What can it be? You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Make a move and the bunny gets it. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of legendary sports broadcasters. And I mean that sincerely. In the mid-1990s, there was something called New Sport. And it was revolutionary. It was located in New York. We were on all the sports channel systems across America. We were the backdrop programming. When you didn't see a game on sports channel, a hockey game, a basketball game, a baseball game, you saw us because we had updates and we had the best damn talk show in America at the time. And our next guest is the gentleman who hosted it. It was a pleasure to work with him then. It is a pleasure to call him a friend and a colleague now because, boy, I'll tell you, New Sport should still be on the air, and I would do anything for the two of us to be rocking the airwaves on a nightly basis. He is a legend in Chicago sports broadcasting. He is a noted author. If you live in or around Chicago, you know the name. It is a pleasure to welcome Chet Kopic to the fastest show in sports. My man, this is a beautiful day for me to be talking to you. Well, unfortunately, Ed, uh, Chet Kopic was arrested on uh, uh, armed robbery charges earlier today and couldn't make it. Uh, listen, you're hired. Oh, so it was just the same as it was back in the 90s in New York. Yeah, exactly. You're first in line to give my eulogy. I mean, that's, that is so kind of you, but you bring up a, a very salient point, which uh, uh, we should really, you know, spend a couple of minutes educating your listeners about. That we, we had this golden opportunity in New York, and we had this motherload of great talent on cam and uh, uh, behind the cam, and there was this, you know, youthful vibrancy about what we were doing, and you know, we were owned by Cablevision, and that's Dolan, and that's Money, and they own the Knicks, and they own the Garden, and they own the Rangers. And, you know, and if you would have told me 
uh, back in 96 and 97, that I was going to be back in Chicago. I would say you're crazy. I remember telling my, my, my former wife, uh, this would have been after maybe our first year, I said, you know what? We're going to play out the deck here. I love it. I love the job. I love the people that uh, I'm associated with. And I said, you know what? We're on to something. And, and I still remember, for example, you know, being on the road with you at Super Bowls, Final Fours, things like that. And, you know, it's it's just a shame that uh, uh, the Dolans pulled the plug because I, I really believe this is gospel. New Sport, had it remained in existence, today would have over 100 million, over 100 million subscribers. Because we were entertaining, we were fun, we took a lot we of chances, and we dared to be different. You're exactly right. And when you did your show, Chet Kopic was doing talk on television. When people looked and said, you can't do talk on television, Chet, you were doing it in Chicago on the radio for a long time. You came in and brought that to television. And the way that you dealt with the callers, who <laughs> who still were some of the most interesting human beings I've ever heard on telephones in my life, and then we added some video to it, and we added some fun. That yeah. was a real start to something. And I'm not afraid to say this in front of you or anybody else. Others have tried since then to copy the format, and they have failed. Yeah, they have definitely. tried to do it. They have tried to do it with too many bells and whistles and not enough of the human element, and that's what fails. Eddie, I recall being in uh, Phoenix, Arizona at one of Lee Steinberg's parties. Matter of fact, you and I flew back from uh, that Super Bowl. It would have been um, uh, O'Donnell and Pittsburgh got beat by Dallas yes. under Barry Switzer. I was with Steve Levy, or with Steve Levy at uh, Lee Steinberg, the, uh, the super agent at that time. It was uh, his annual uh, pre-Super Bowl bash. And Steve said to me, you know what? We're starting to imitate you guys. Now, this is ESPN. Now, they've got eons more staff than we have. I mean, they have more staff in the, uh, in, in the broom closet than we do. But again, you know, we, we had this... We had this cast of characters that was original and uh, a great dynamic, and I, I, I sorely, I sorely miss it. And I'm going to be very, very frank with you. I'll, I'll go to my grave, missing it. I really will. The story that will probably never have the video to support it because it exists somewhere. I just have to tell this before we move on and talk some sports. I know the video exists. I think I have a copy of it somewhere, lost in the boxes. God knows at my parents' home. But it was the night that I was doing the Scoreboard Central update. I had gotten on the set. It was pouring rain. Our studios were in Long Island. And it was pouring rain. And you could hear the rain because it was a metal roof in the studio that we were in at the time. And you can hear the rain banging mm -hmm. on the roof. And we are 60 seconds from going on the air. And I look to my right, and there's a puddle. And there's a drip in the puddle. And then I look to my left, and there's a drip on the desk. And I said to the cameraman, I, said, I think we have a problem here. Nobody heard me. And my producer at the time says, 30 seconds. And I'm going, guys, we got a problem out here. Because with 20 seconds until air, we had at least two dozen leaks coming in through the roof. It was splashing on the computer, splashing on my script, <laughs> splashing on the desk. And you can see the rain. Nobody in the control room paid attention. They went, they rolled the open, and we come out, and here I am sitting on the desk, and I said, ladies and gentlemen, if I was Gene Kelly, I could dance for hours. Because the rain was on my head, it was on the desk, and you could see it splashing when it hit the desk. 
And all of a sudden, the cameraman freaks. My producer's in my ear going, we got to get out of here. we got to get out of here. I said, please stay with us. We'll be back as soon as we take care of a little plumbing. And we, we went to dark, and we put stuff on the air. You can't make that stuff up when the roof starts leaking and you start getting rained on. That reminds me of my first night on the air. We debuted on a Sunday. Now the, uh, the Nixon Bulls are playing Game 7 of an Eastern Conference Final at the Garden. It's the year that uh, Hugh Howard's had the controversial call, the foul on, uh, on Pippen. And the, the Knicks finally, you know, uh, break the barrier in advance. Well, I had booked Doc Rivers. Uh, it's it fun going back to his high school days. I had booked Doc to be our, our lead guest, thinking, you know, hey, it's a 2 o'clock tip-off. No problem whatsoever. We're, uh, uh, we're, we're at 8 o'clock start. This is a one-foot putt. Well, you know, hey, game over. Mix of one, everybody's happy. Uh, Doc was hurt, didn't play, but you know, I, we both know he's a terrific talker. And I'm thinking, wow, what a great way to start this out. Well, about a quarter day, Mike Larger, the guy who brought me, brought you out to uh, New York, walks <laughs> in and says, "Kid, welcome to New York." Doc is stuck on the Triborough Bridge. This makes no fear until eight thirty. Wait a minute, people who don't live in New York, when you get stuck on the Triborough Bridge, you might not be there for days, much less hours. Exactly. I mean, you can, Eddie. I remember my second year going to a, going to a Jets game when Rich Kotite was the head coach in a downpour. And why would I have no idea? I think I wanted to see it. An old buddy who was doing play by play for uh, the other ball club. But I remember leaving the ballpark in the third quarter. And leaving the Meadowlands to go back through Manhattan on the Holland Tunnel to get to the Midtown Tunnel to get back to Long Island to get back to Manhattan. Now that that sounds like A to B to C, and we're going from Mayberry to uh, to Baton Rouge, and this is no big deal. I swear, it's no kidding. It took me six and a half hours. That is living I, I, in New I was, York. I, I, I that was is. stuck in the Holland Tunnel for for almost a year. Getting out <laughs> to Long Island in itself was always fun, but but you pulled it off that night. You because. You had done it before. You had done talk radio before, and that I think was so important. You knew what it was well, that's to why, entertain. That's why you know while we're twenty bouquets. That's why. That's why your updates were so damn good. Was because you know you you had been there, yet you had not lost any of the youthful enthusiasm, and you had you know you had stones. I mean, you you weren't afraid to leave with your chin. You weren't afraid to uh, anger people, and and again, it's. It's just a shame because we could have had, we could have had an absolute dream team. Like we had one. I mean, we had one and we didn't know it. Chet, what we did then, I want to bring right now to the present because we informed, we entertained, but because you had a great ability to interview people, and I love to interview people. We used to get great interviews. We didn't insult. You said I yeah. angered people, and you're right. There were things I said. It was youthful. It was youthful enthusiasm at the time, but I wasn't trying to be mean spirited. I was trying to have some fun. I was being a little sarcastic. But God knows, me being sarcastic, nobody would ever expect that. No, no. We weren't never. mean. <laughs> we weren't nasty about it. Today's sports, whether it's television or radio, chat seems to be stuck in the fact: I got to be mean. I got to be nasty. I got to anger somebody. I got to go after them, their family, their heritage, everything else. How did we go so wrong? You know what? Uh, we have a station like that here in Chicago where, I mean, all bets are off. I mean, there was nothing uh, uh, resembling taste. And, you know, why it changed or where it changed, I don't know. I mean, you can blame it on the Internet. You can blame it on MTV. You can blame it on, you know, any number of things. But 
I, I find it really sad. I mean, I I find it sad, yeah, but I watch, uh, you know, 5, 6, and 10 sports or 6 and 11 sports that, you know, guys have 2 minutes and 40 seconds. They're all, every, everybody's running the same sound bites. There was so darn much team control today. Uh, it's really sad because at the risk of sounding like it's a Shakespearean tragedy, the ultimate loser in the whole deal is the audience. And, you know, again, going back to, Going, going back to the 90s, I mean, you know, I used to, we all have those jobs in life. I've, I've been lucky enough to have three or four of them where you can hardly wait to get to work. You just can't wait. And, and new sport was that way. It really was. It's, uh, it, it, it's amazing that to this day, I still get emails, Facebook messages, et cetera, et cetera, talking about new sport. When we talk about what has made us what we are today from where you and I came and from what we did is it just possible Chet that the fan has become so angry because the costs have gotten so oh, yeah. high and because the players yeah. many, not every player but a lot of players have become so damn arrogant about what they are and who they are that the fan themselves just feels cheated and they've got to strike back and unfortunately there's people out there willing to stoke that fire for ratings yeah, I, I think that's a great point. I really do. I think, uh, you know, I mean, for example, had, uh, the Cubs finally won the World Series, uh, a mere 108 years of waiting. And really, this town, I don't think this town yet is fully grasped that, you know, in 2017, the world champion Chicago Cubs will be defending a, a title. But, you know, what does a ball club do? Almost within seconds after they... Uh, and they knock off the tribe. They raise ticket prices an average of 19, 19% across the board. The only two teams that I'm aware of that uh, have higher ticket prices than the Cubs are the Red Sox and the Yankees. And, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, the, the bleacher seat that I was sitting in as a kid, those wonderful left-field bleachers that I sat in as a kid, I paid a buck. Now for a so-called premium game, you know, game of the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, the cross sound thing with the White Sox. Yeah, the bleacher seat will run 80 bucks. No regular season baseball game is worth 80 bucks. I'm sorry. I mean, unless you throw in, uh, you know, Jennifer Aniston. I mean, I don't get it. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting. We have a little minor rebellion here in town right now with the Bears. How about this? Bears against their arch rivals, the Green Bay Packers. One, you know, 190th meeting between these two teams. 14,000 no-shows, 4,000 unsold tickets. On game day, StubHub was giving away tickets at $39 a copy. This is the Chicago Bears. This is Bronco Nagurski, Red Grange, Gail Sayers, Dick Butkus, Mike Singletary, Dan Hampton, Jim McMahon, Mike Ditka. I can go on and on against, you know, one of the most glamorous teams in pro football with Aaron Rodgers. And they couldn't give tickets away. And he was like, it's kind of interesting. This has always been a bearish town. First and foremost, no matter what any club did, this was always first and foremost a bearish town. Not now. Not now, buddy. you got to take a long look at the, uh, at the Blackhawks, who've won uh, three cups during the uh, salary cap era. you got to take a long look at the Cubs as defending world champions. Um, the Bears right now, the Bears right now are about one step ahead of the Cleveland Browns, and that's a very short step. 
when I read your stuff on Facebook and I follow you, you talk about the Bears more than any other team. It almost, Chet, reading the way you talk about the Bears, this would seem to be one of the most dysfunctional franchises in the National Football League. Certainly, the fans have got to feel that way. But when you think about it, this is the Chicago Bears. This is a a legacy yeah. franchise in the NFL yeah. that continues to do the same foolish things over and over again and cannot seem to rebuild themselves to be a championship contender. What the hell's going on with this team? Well, we only have about three hours, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, I, I, you know, it's one thing to take the McCaskies to task. And gosh knows that they have to, uh, uh, they have to assume a pretty good, pretty good sized degree of ownership for the for the misery this team has gone through. I mean, yeah, imagine this: after 1988, the all-time series record between the Bears and Green Bay was Bears 78 wins, Green Bay 55. It's now 94 each way. I mean, that's just incredible downs. I mean, during this window of time, past 20, 25 years, what's Green Bay been all about? Ron Wolf, Brett Favre, Mike Holmgren. Reggie White, Sterling Sharp, a plethora of wide receivers, uh, Kid Thompson, Aaron Rodgers, Clay Matthews. You know, Julius Peppers is cut by the Bears. He's, he's a stalwart for the Green Bay Packers. And during that, uh, during the past quarter century, in other words, basically post Mike Ditka, the Bears had been at best, except for you know one uh, one freak of nature season in 2006. They found their way to Miami for the. Uh, Super Bowl, where they got beat by Dungy and the Colts, this has been just another team. More often than not, a very, very mediocre team. Does it almost seem at times that not just the Bears, but other NFL franchises, big teams, that sometimes they get ownership that just doesn't get it? They don't understand it. They don't understand that in many ways they are the heart and soul of a city and of a region, and there's a responsibility there to do that for the fans and to have that franchise be as good as it can be. But it seems more than ever before. We've talked about this 20 years ago. Owners had play toys in front of them, and it seems as if we're still there, where they don't get the fact that it's almost a public trust in many ways with the blood, sweat, money, and tears that fans pour into these teams every single day. For example, how does Jacksonville wait 62 games to fire Gus Bradley with a record of 14-48 and what I mean after 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 year three, you thought, you thought this guy was all of a sudden going to become going to become Vince Lombardi. I mean, you're you're insulting your fan base. I mean, it's ludicrous. But I, I I think your your points well taken. We 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 have far too many ownerships today where you've got guys who've got way too much money, and it's just a play toy. They want to fly in their friends. They want to have a good time. If they win, hey, that's terrific. But as long as we as long as we hustle our sixty thousand season tickets. Life is uh, is beautiful. And by the way, Ed, Ed, this game is so painfully over-appreciated. And when is the NFL going to do something about the blocking in the back rule and about hands to the face? Good morning. This is football, for gosh sakes. I mean, I'm, I'm watching Sunday's game between the Bears and Packers. And uh, I'm going back and forth with uh, former Bear linebacker Otis Wilson. And he says to me, you know what, I'm bored. And that happens to me all too often. I mean, now, for example, you know, I watched the ball game um, Sunday night. That was good, and I enjoyed uh, uh, watching last night's game. But all too often, I find NFL football to be 
to be very mundane. I much prefer, much prefer the college game. Give me, give me an SEC game with, uh, uh, with Alabama or, or, or Florida. Or, or, or give me a hot Big Ten game. Give me, give me Penn State, Wisconsin. Give me, give me Ohio State, Michigan. Right now, I, as I journey my way through life, I've become more a college guy than, uh, than an NFL guy. We are going to have to discuss this in depth one day, but as you said, we've only got three hours. And <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> we've run out of time this instant. But before we leave, I want to tell you, and this was not planned, I'm sitting here at my desk as we're doing the show, and I have a little carrier off here to my side which has papers, gigaws, little things in it, whatever, just stuff you find on the desk. And I'm not kidding. I looked over, and right on the desk next to it, and I have it in my hand right now, is a new sport keychain. <laughs> new sport sports news. <laughs> and this thing is 21 years old if it's a day. I have no idea why it's on my desk, but it all of a sudden wound up. <laughs> when I was sitting here talking to you. If I had a picture right now, I would have to take a picture and send it to you. Chet, do me a favor. Please promise me that we won't let so anytime. much time you know go between anytime. the next time we talk, and let's make sure we talk from time to time because there are great stories, and you're still one of the best there is at what he does, and it is always my pleasure to and have back you. Back at you, my friend. You're, you're, you're a pro's pro, and anytime I have a chance to visit with you uh, on air or off air, it's an absolute pleasure. That is Chet Kopic, a true legend in sports broadcasting. I'm Ed Berliner. This is the fastest show in sports. And until next time, see ya!